Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of the WP Cafe Show with me, Keith Devon, and my beautiful co-host, Mark Wilkinson. <laughs> How you doing today, beautiful. Mark? Beautiful, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd chuck that in there. My glamorous, <laughs> yeah, glamorous co-host. Um, how are you? I am not so bad, actually. Yeah, been a been an interesting week. Yeah, um, with some interesting things going on, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah, a good week actually. I think good. the weather's been very miserable here, which has yeah. been well. It's Same. this time of year, isn't it? It's dark. It's wet. It's cold. It's just not very good, really, is it? But yeah. We're getting yeah, there, was it? Twenty first of December that it starts to get lighter again. Exactly. So. I always kind of count down to that day and then think, right, from then on it gets better. So yeah. you know, we're not far yeah, off. We're not far off. So we haven't done one of these in a while. It's been uh, nope. it's been a few weeks. Just uh, it has busy, and I think sometimes feel like I don't know. We don't have like a burning topic or something mm. to to discuss. Um, but we, we were busy we for two like, weeks, yeah. weren't we? And then. What was it one week and then we just like we don't really have a lot to say so let's just not bother <laughs> like what's yeah. the point in I don't, chatting I don't want to you... put I don't yeah. want to put content out just for the just for the sake of it I want it to be I want it to be half decent so yeah yeah yep. absolutely but hopefully we've got we've got something to say today hopefully we've got a few things actually it's been few few topics that have been building up but there is there's one thing in particular um that's happened this week and that's your kind of experiments maybe with uh full site editing which i think would be really cool to chat about um yeah but... definitely i think that, that'd be good um so hi elliot thanks for joining us if you are joining us live by the way um let us know in the comments it's nice to see who's uh watching along um so on monday night i was i was kind of at a loose uh, a loose end's not the right word but i'd, I'd, I'd finished a bit on a project and I'd sent an email to the client saying I need the answers to these things before I could carry on. And that was my main like piece of work. So I couldn't finish that because I had to wait for the answer to some of these questions. So I was like, well, I wonder what I can do, what I can do. And I, I saw people in Twitter sort of talking about full site editing and, and working on it. And I was like, I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a, you know a bit of a play here and a bit of an experiment and see what we can do. Um because I had I had a bit of a loose end to tie up, so mm-hmm. I started playing around with. Uh, we have a client site which has been with us for ooh, quite a while now. They've been a customer for about six or seven years, maybe yeah. maybe a bit less. Long but they've time. been been a long time, and they've had a couple of iterations of their site. So they came to us with a website which we maintained for a while, and then they went through a redesign process, and we built them the new site about five years ago, I think. So it's been around a while. It's a fairly straightforward site, um, and I thought, why not have a go at seeing how far I can get uh, recreating that site using, well, what do we call it? Full site editing or creating a block theme for the site, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, kind so of I like set no, about... no code, basically, was your kind of goal, wasn't it? Yeah, as much as... I, I kind of knew I'd probably need some code, mm-hmm. um, but... No code as, as as much as possible was was the goal really. How far can I get in trying to to get this site up and looking similar? So I started off on one thing was Monday evening, and I because you were off on Tuesday, weren't you? So That's I right. spent the yeah. day on Tuesday. I knew you wouldn't be here, so I thought oh, I'll, I'll just crack on with this. I have nothing else up like big on my schedule. So I started off. How do I actually start creating a block theme? Um, put some stuff on Twitter. Lots of people suggested starting off with a theme. 
Um, so like using the Ollie theme or the 2024 theme or other people put other suggestions in there. So I had a look at those, but like most themes, they are opinionated and they have a color palette and they have various things set up for them, which obviously I would then have to either override or edit or make a child theme. So I actually went away from that idea and I decided to use a plugin that's created by the core team called create block theme. And essentially, it will uh, put into your theme folder a kind of starting theme that you can start with, which is a bit of a blank canvas, but it gives you the setup, uh, the folder structure. It gives you a theme JSON file, which is the file that sort of sets up the rules for your theme in full-site editing. Um, And it gives you that blank canvas. So it's a good starting point. So... I set up that, it downloaded that, I got those things, and then I went about activating that in the WordPress admin, and then I started to try and recreate the site. So Mm -hmm. the first thing I did was went into the header uh, and tried to create the header. Now, it was a very simple header, logo top left, contact details top right, and then it had a full-width navigation below that, which was a horizontal nav. At at Um, this point, Mark, had you you set any kind of like, color variables or spacing variables or f- font families or anything like that? No. And okay. then I realized that I'd not done that. This is okay. when I'm trying to create the header. And I was like, oh, I don't want that font. I want my font. Yep. Right. Yep. I need to go and do that. How do I do the font? So uh, the create block theme actually allows you to add fonts, which is great. So I used the create block theme uh, to add the, I think there's two, two fonts. They were both. No, one of them was a file in the theme, that the, the current theme. So I was able to use that because it, it will download it into your theme. Mm-hmm. And the other one was a Google font. So I was able to just say it's the Google, I think it was Merriweather was the font. So it was mm-hmm. that font. So I was able to just say, install this font. And then once you've, once you've done that, they essentially get added to your theme JSON file. And then you can see them in the dropdown when you're choosing a font in the block editor, essentially on the right-hand side. So that was that bit done. Um, then I then found that I need some colors in my header because the contact details were the sort of two brand colors. So I then set up a color palette in the theme JSON. How were you, how were you editing theme JSON? In my code editor. Okay. Yes. Now I then realized someone said on Twitter, I could do that in the global styles option, but I don't think you can because the global style option, as far as I understand, allows you to change the colors that have been set up, but it doesn't allow you to say, hey, I want nine colors and these are the nine colors I want. I don't think right. it does. So it kind of, the theme JSON sets up, I don't know how many I've ended up with, but let's say I've got 10 colors mm-hmm. in my color palette. I can now use the global styles to edit those, but I don't think I can remove one and add another one in global yeah, styles. Okay. I think you've got to do that in theme JSON. So that was something that you've got to kind of do a bit of code for really to get it set up. And similarly, if I was to use one of these other themes, like the Ollie theme or the 2024 theme, they would have a number of colors registered. And then I yeah. could change those colors, but I don't think I could add to them. Yeah. If I'm so wrong. So like as a, as a end user or client or whatever, yep. from, from our point of view, if we're trying to think about how close this is to a no-code solution, you could have added... You could have changed the color palette. Say the color palette has five colors. You could change those five colors yes. to your own colors. 
But if your color brand color palette had seven colors, you couldn't have added those extra two. I don't believe as far, so. As far as you know, with, without way. interacting with the theme JSON file. Yeah. Okay. If there's a way, then then that's that's great. So once I'd got my colors, um, my fonts, and things like that set up. I quickly started to realize my first sort of bugbear on this, which was that the theme JSON file is a bit horrible to work with because yeah. it ends up this huge big array of things and you don't know where you are in it. Um, so that was a bit of a source of frustration at this point in time. But that gets better <laughs> as you learn more about it and you learn how it sort of made up if that makes sense it's mm -hmm. split into different sections and you kind of yeah like styles and settings can be a bit confusing because yeah. there's like duplicate yeah because yeah, you've got yeah. blocks exist in both and then there's like yeah. similar settings in both it, it does get confusing but once you once you start using it you get to know more about what those different elements are and and, and so forth and also yeah. i found i mean this is just so simple stuff but your code editor actually tells you where you are in the in the list so if you click on an element in the list there's a breadcrumb at the top of my code editor that tells me, oh, I'm in settings, blocks, whatever, I'm in this block. And then you can, yeah. you, it's much easier to work with once you start using that. A bit like when you're using the block editor and you have the list view on the left-hand side. It's the same sort of thing. You know where you are and where you're, where you're sitting. So uh, that was something I learned and got a lot easier after a bit of frustration that I was in the wrong place and I was adding stuff in the different places. So that was good. Um, so then I got my header added um, and working. I found it, and I still find it to this day, very frustrating with groups and not being able to align a group. It seems to have to be nested inside another group before I can set a line wide or a line full. Um, yeah, again, that might be something that. I'm doing wrong, but yeah. it seems strange. Um, but we got there in the end. I did struggle taking the underline off on the links. You don't appear to be able to change... Is that text decoration, is it called in CSS? Underline? Yeah. Yeah. Don't appear to be able to set that on a piece of text. So it will take the universal declaration that you've done in theme JSON. So I I had it I had it as underlining links and it was underlining the links in the header, but I didn't want them in the header to be underlined because the design mm -hmm. didn't have that. As it happens, when I looked at the rest of the site, no links were underlined. So I took it off and it was fine. And then I could change the color of those those things using the block editor, which was fine. Yeah. So that worked okay in the end. Um, so could you have changed that underlined state for buttons in various positions or links in various positions or not? Is that what you're saying? You can't, you can't really. Can I you? think you can, but I was struggling at that point. I think you could probably declare them at the block level. I'm not right. sure. Like a like this block has underline on links. I'm not sure. I think you can. Okay. But but the problem with that is that in the header I had uh, there were just two paragraphs which list the telephone number and the I mean I could have done a list and took the bullet off or something, but I just did two paragraphs. Um if I'd set that on a paragraph, then every paragraph block on the site would have had yeah. those rules. And I don't I want that. I only want it on this block in the header at the top. That's Yeah. So I know. don't I could be wrong here, but I don't think in theme JSON yet there's a sense of nested blocks and styling yeah. blocks. You know, if 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 we say 
paragraph blocks within media text blocks should look like this. Links yeah. within this type of block should look like this. I don't know if there's that. And there certainly know. isn't, as far as I know, a sense of like controlling things like within a header area and the body area and the footer area differently, yeah. which would be kind of useful. But yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, you can do it with CSS. Yeah. Give your header a class. Off you go, as you normally would have. But the, the whole goal here was to try and avoid that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I then added my nav menu um, with the navigation block, which is much improved from when I last used it, but it's still um, difficult to use, I found. So one of the things I clicked on, like, add a new... I think I was just adding custom links at this point because I didn't have my pages set up or anything, so I couldn't, you know, pull pages into the list. And... You add, I clicked on like plus add a custom link, and then it says, "Well, what's the link?" But you don't get an opportunity to set the label. You, right. you have to sort of put the link in first, then it has the link in, and then you can open the panel on the right hand side to edit it, which I thought was very strange. Like, how do I put my label in? I worked out in the end, and it was it was there. Um, then this was where the first piece of code came in because my nav menu was horizontal and. Um, when you reduce the page down to mobile or tablet, I wanted it to snap to the mobile option mm-hmm. very early because obviously it's a it's a horizontal nav and they all start squashing together quite quickly. And it, WordPress must have a rule somewhere. I think it's 600 pixels it starts to drop down. So I did a bit of Googling and found someone had some CSS that would alter that quite easily. Again, I'm not a CSS person. It was a copy and paste job. And I put it into the global CSS. So that was the first piece of code I sort of had to put in. So global um, CSS which, being like... What a bit like the customizer CSS. Be, but it's not yeah. quite the customizer. right? And it's not quite as good either. It doesn't format yeah. it nicely. And you can't even yeah. see the live preview, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I put it in there, tested that, and then it squashed it at the right sort. And I fiddled around with my breakpoint, so I got it to squash at the right time, basically. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um and then I had my header done, which was nice. Then I had um, I did my footer. That was fairly straightforward. It was just kind of panel of color with some paragraphs in it. And I think I had the social icons block in, which, which was good. And then at this point, I was yep. like, my spacing was, was difficult. So I'd set this. Was it at that point that I downloaded one of Brian Gardner? I downloaded the powder theme, which he, he's built, mm-hmm. um, just to get a sense of what did his theme Jason look like. And then I saw lots of other things in there. And there was a a block gap thing. So I had a quick look at what block gap was, and it seems to be the space in between your blocks, which is what I was struggling with. I ended up like fiddling around with padding on every block, and I just thought, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Surely I shouldn't be doing that. Um, so I added block gap, which kind of helped a little bit, but then I had too much gap between some blocks and not enough gaps between other blocks. So I'm not sure whether that did help me in the end. Um, and although like the finish, I say the finished site, it's not finished, but it's, it's the, the, the layout's finished, ready to add the content on. I still feel like there's a lot of fiddling with block with spacing that needs to happen. Yeah. So I think I've kind of got that wrong. Maybe that's because I'm not a, like a designery CSS person like like you. Like you, I think someone who knew that stuff would get this better. Put it that way. I don't, yeah, I don't but think it's that's... also it's also always been a challenge, you know, to create consistent spacing rules like pre pre yeah. Gutenberg pre block editor like it was something that I was always trying to work on and improve like the systems we use and they're they're never perfect so no yeah I find some blocks you want lots of space between them you know if you've got two media text blocks for example you want some yeah. nice white space between them 
So you so you think, oh, well, I'll just increase the block gap. But then paragraphs have this huge gap between them, <laughs> which doesn't work. Well, so exactly, and so, like yeah. my my spacing rules for some of the themes we built, I guess when we were when we built our kind of hybrid themes, they were crazy. Like some of the spacing rules for exactly that reason. So like yeah, yeah. media text blocks if they're adjacent, you want it to be like this, but you can't just add a whole bunch of top margin to it because if there's a header in front of one of them then you want that to be a little bit closer than if it was another type of block. And yeah. so I had it's all these out. crazy, crazy rules, like adjacent sibling selectors, if it was this, if it was that. if it... And well, you can't replicate that in theme, Jason, but that's where the kind of design controls that you do have in the block editor come in. And then, well, that, but then that opens yeah. up that whole question of whether you're turning into a designer. Every that time that was one of my, my takeaways, I think. And I think having having built this site, I actually think you need to go down the road of not creating those rules as much and giving the user the control to change it when they want, you know. Yeah. Let, let them add some padding if it doesn't look right. The problem with that is they become a designer. And I said this to you when I'd done this, is when I'm adding page content, I feel like a designer. I don't feel like I'm just typing content into a page, mm. you know, and that's... Maybe that's fine. I don't know, but I think that's that is a change. When when our customers yeah. are going to be adding their about page, they need to think about design that instead of just putting it, content in. It makes consistency very very difficult as well. Exactly. So you know, if I'm if I'm building a a page, and I you know I'm adding a heading level two, then you know three media text blocks. What? Oh my god! Okay, so I've done this already like thirty times on the website. What were the spacing rules I used those thirty times? Okay, right. It was it was this. So I do it like that, and then you've got to do that for the next one, and the next one, and the next time you do it. And then what happens if you want to change that in the future? So there's yeah. there's there's that, that whole that's a big problem. There's yeah. that whole side of things. Whereas previously, I could go and update my CSS file and change the rules and improve the rules. Now all of that spacing all of those spacing rules are inlined like kind of hard hard coded on a on a per block per page basis so i mean i think i think there's improvements we can make with using things like patterns and and locked patterns and things like that i think i've not yeah. i've not really gone into those and I, I was i was thinking at the time you know i've created a little video block um at the bottom here and then i think well, well i want to put on other pages that's a pattern and then they just change the videos and change the text but it doesn't solve the problem that you said how what if we want to make a change to the styling of that you can't do it globally as mm. easy as you could in the past i don't think yeah. you can anyway that's a that's an interesting one and yeah. i'm seeing some questions in the comments so thanks for those. i think we'll come to those at the end if you want and then yeah. I'll Absolutely. finish the sort of journey and story if, if that's all right. Yeah, good to see you all, and yeah, thanks for the uh, comments. Yeah. So I had a header and footer. Um, again, I was at this point, I'd, I'd got past the you know sort of like swearing at the screen because I couldn't do X, Y, and Z, and and I'd got past all that, and I was actually quite enjoying building the site at this point. I had my spacing problems and so forth, but I, I was feeling confident now about yeah. going to create the next bit. So I'd, the next thing I wanted to do was to create a page. So I went into, and this was all being done in the editor, in the site edit. It wasn't being, I wasn't like putting templates in the theme at this point. My plan is to to sort of export it when I've finished. And then I, I, I hope that will pull everything into our theme files. Anyway, so I created a page. Um, 
which was fine. At this point, I was struggling because I didn't want my page content to stick to the header underneath the nav that I'd put. I wanted a gap, obviously. So if the, if the client puts a page title or, or a paragraph to start with or whatever, they doesn't want to touch the header. However, the mm. design of some of the pages had a nice cover image, um, and then that did stick to the header. So... I was like, well, I can't put I can't put padding in the in the uh, template because then the cover will will always have a gap. Yeah. But I want I can't not I was struggling basically how to do that. So I ended up putting padding in the template or margin or whatever that is. I don't know. So it didn't touch the top basically. And then in my um, page when I went to create the page and put the content. So my, my basically my page template for pages just literally had I think it was a, a the content block and i think i had to group it to make it work with wide width and something like mm-hmm. that that was something to do with use root padding or something which i don't quite understand but yeah. it was to stop the things sticking to the edge of the screen when i went down to mobile yeah don't quite understand what that was but it worked anyway <laughs> yeah so I, I i got my content block in and then i'd grouped it and then i'd add some padding at the top to stop it from sticking to the top of the nav and the footer obviously as well and then when I created my page and I dropped my cover block in, I couldn't, and I still really can't do it very well to this day. How do I s- stick that to the top of the header? So I ended up creating a block style, a bit more code. That was just in the theme functions file. It's dead easy. Register block style, and then you pass it a few parameters. And then I did an inline style where it's sort of like negative top margin, I think it was, yeah. and pushed it up slightly. It doesn't really work because when you squash the screen, it tends to overlap the nav. I don't know why that happens. But, so it's not perfect, but it, it kind of works for, for a while. Anyway, so I did that. That was a bit frustrating. And then started building out the sites and quite enjoyed it, creating some little groups and uh, columns and things to lay out things. Uh, setting Again, I found myself setting a lot of padding and spacing rather than having it all globally done for me, uh, which I was thinking, you know, the client's going to have to be doing all this. That was going to yeah. be difficult. Um, yeah, but at this point, I was enjoying it. And then I started creating a lot more uh, different elements. Um, I did some styling of things. I, might, I, might, I had to create a few more block styles for things. Um, what's in my theme in my theme theme file? I can't remember now, but there was a few different bits. My theme functions file wasn't that big. Uh, created a little details block styling for FAQs because they had several pages on the site where they have these expandable sections so they can show different pieces of content. So that was good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the journey, um, looked at it side by side and thought, I've done a pretty good job there. <laughs> it was, it was very impressive, actually. It, it was, was impressive. It wasn't exactly the same, but it was. I, I'm not good. sure if you hadn't told me which one was which, like at first glance, I don't think I right. could have picked them apart at first glance, yeah. which apart from maybe one telltale, which was the newsletter thing wasn't there. Yeah, they had like a floating Apart from that, floated in there. Yeah, like at first glance, it was it was impressively close and done in a fraction of the time it took to. Yeah, so it took build. me a day and a half, probably. I mean, it's not finished; it's not perfect. There's, there's other things we'd have to do as we add the rest of the content. I'm sure that we'd, we'd change things. I created the blog as well, the blog archive and the blog uh, yeah. single page. Um, they were both good. That was that was relatively straightforward with the query loop block and. As mm-hmm. I said, the design was quite simple. It's, it was a, it's a simple design, so it, it lends well to the block editor because you can just stick things in columns and adjust the column widths so they're the right widths and things like that. There's no real complicated, you know, like 
gradients or background swooshes or things like that that make it difficult to do. Um, so yeah, so I was I was pleasantly surprised and pleased with what I'd done. You know, um, so what were my takeaways? Mm. Takeaways were, you know, this is this is going to change how websites are built for all developers. I just thought, well, my job's pretty much redundant now because all of the expertise we used to provide is already there, really. Yeah. Um, and and this, the small amounts of coding that you had to do were yeah. junior junior coding. Yeah, just simple stuff, exercises. really. Yeah. Um, but then I did think, sitting there, I was thinking, well, I don't think our clients could do this. No. I don't know whether they want to do this as well, actually. So I do think there is a role here, but it, it's more... It's coming back to that middle ground of assemblers, you know, which yeah. I think we, I think people probably understand what we mean. You know, people who've got excellent knowledge on a suite of different solutions for things, and their expertise and value to clients is putting those things together to provide a solution. Yeah. But if if you go outside of those, that's where they struggle. And I think that that's that's now come into this really, in that if you can become an expert in the block editor and and fix these little you know things that i struggle with then there's a there's a role for that and and i think because clients don't want to do it and won't have the knowledge to do it it's just kind of changed a lot well it had already changed though because that is that is the change that happened when the page builders became so good yeah so like it, it was the emergence of divi and elementor and beaver builder or whatever that that created the whole assembler market as as it were, um, and now full site editing is just one of those other page builders, like one of those other solutions that that people can potentially use. I mean, the difficulty being that it's not as full featured and powerful as those other no. solutions um, but at all. It, it, it's but pretty good. I mean, it, for it's this pretty site, good. I got a long way. So you know, and and I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed doing it. It was, I said, frustrating to start with, and I'm a lot of sort of swearing at the screen. But once you got past those sort of barriers, it was it was quite enjoyable to do. Very different yeah. way of building websites than we're used to, but the the end result was pretty good, um, which yeah. was good. Should we should we look at some of these questions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or comments. So Elliot says the nav block is confusing. I find it should always save a menu first. Otherwise, navigation, it is very confusing. Yeah, I, it has come a long way. It was the first version of the navigation block was practically unusable. unusable. Um, this one is much better, but I do think there are some UI and tweaks that could be improved on it just to make it a bit more easy to use, um, mm. which is probably something that should, maybe, will be looked at. Yeah. Question. Uh, Tim, hi, Tim. Question on being a designer. Do you feel this will make it harder for a developer to take a Figma or existing HTML template and implementing it in full site editing? I think that's hard for me to answer, but I think, I mean, I struggle to get like a pixel perfect copy of this, but yeah, but I don't, I don't understand CSS very well. I'm sure if you did this, Keith, you'd get, you, you have to write some code, I think. I, th I think. There's a bit of a 80-20 thing going on here. I think it's easier to get... It's probably much faster to do that 80 per, first 80% using the block editor and full site editing. But it'll be very, very hard to do that last 
um, if if that design is is you know quite custom and, and pushes the boundaries a bit, there's just stuff. Yeah, there's so much that you can do with a website that you cannot do uh, code free within the kind of full site editing ex- experience. Um, yeah, and I so much that you can so. do in like in Elementor, etc., um, that you can do in those tools today that you definitely can't do with full site editing. So there's um, yeah, I think I think what that proved is, I mean, you you proved that you you came a long way very very quickly, um, but those final steps were going to be were going to get progressively harder to 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 make those pixel perfect designs, and that was quite an easy design to replicate. So yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't a tough one. I think it would be a lot harder with a more complicated uh, complicated yeah. design. You know, uh, Elliot says personally, I feel it becomes easier once you are familiar with how to navigate style setting for each block. They can apply to different settings. Also, need to be fairly familiar with theme JSON. Yeah, I found that like once I got going, once I'd kind of familiarized myself with where the settings in theme JSON were, and not only that, like using the block editor more, um, you, you kind of know where to go, where to set, and then the little mm. quirks. I think I do think some of the U, UI stuff and design of the block stuff is quite hard to understand if you're not in our space. Um, yeah, especially like with the group block and you know yeah. like if whether it's a row or a column or you know I can't remember what the terminology is, like stacked or like I didn't even understand what it meant. It's it's essentially taking Flexbox and trying to make a user friendly UI. So because I understand Flexbox and CSS, I kinda get it, but you were like, What the hell does this mean? Like what, yeah, what are all these like different things? A row and a stack. And yeah. I don't really understand the difference between them. Yeah. But obviously, Someone said on Twitter, like, oh, well, the row's just a Flexbox container and something is like, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. And it won't mean anything to customers, to yeah. clients who are using this. Um, and then you get that toggle when you've added a group and it's like, do you want the inner blocks to take something? And it's like, I don't even, I don't understand what that does either, really. But So you just toggle it on and toggle it off until it looks like it should do. <laughs> that was yeah. my solution. Yeah. And it, uh, it kind of worked. Um quickly go through some of the comments. Developers still need to add functionality to Ajax, custom query, custom dashboards. I don't think WPS are redundant. No, I, I don't think they are redundant, but I do think there's but less to do. I think, exactly. I think we need to be really realistic and say that the mo- every time WordPress gets better, there is a market, there's a, there's a percentage of the work that we used to be able to charge for that we can no longer charge for. Yeah. Like, which essentially shrinks the market for WordPress developers. So as WordPress gets better and better and better and more and more and more capable, unless the mark the WordPress's market share is getting bigger, the developer mar- like market is getting smaller. I I I, I think that's just an absolutely natural evolution of a bit of software. I don't think, yeah, I think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Uh, it just is the way it is for for me. But like I think Elliot's absolutely right. There's still lots and lots um, that needs developers, like lots of custom functionality and you know pushing the boundaries in this way and that way. And yeah, I'm not not saying that like it's dead and you know there's nothing for us to do. There there is, but there's just less. There's less for us to do. I would argue. Yeah. 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 Um, any others you want to go through? There. Uh, yeah, I think we, we should. 
Let's jump in, um, Munch92. It seems as tech software gets better, the client's needs and expectations become greater, ironically surpassing full site editing. Yeah, okay. For example, RackPress, HTML, CSS templates, thing of the past. HTML, CSS template. I'm not entirely sure what the question is or what the what that's maybe saying. I do think, I mean, expectations will, will be higher and higher. Absolutely, because... You know, people are looking at the capabilities of other content management systems, you know, Squarespace, yeah, Wix, etc., and expect to be able to do all the same stuff in WordPress. They're looking at the capabilities of the page builders within WordPress, and they expect full site editing to be able to do those things. Everything is becoming a bit more polished and slick, and yeah, um, I think that I think that's true. I think you know, if we're delivering client websites today. We couldn't deliver what we used delivered seven years ago and expect them to be clients to be happy with it. They'd be like, "Why can't I do this? Why can't I add this content? Why can't I change this page layout?" So I, yeah, abs- absolutely, um, the bar has been has been raised. Definitely. Um, yep. Any others you want to go through there, Mark? Uh, Nick says the big question for me is making it maintainable and scalable. For example. If you need to update a block pattern used on 50 pages, how do we handle that using core features? That is exactly my question. Um, that is the big question for us. Um, and that that's going to be a problem, I think, unless solutions are found. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And then Nick also says, regarding the market, I agree, all hinges on the value you add to your client and their project. If it's predominantly code, then that bar has shifted. Hmm. Yeah, it's yep. changing. The market's changing. What we can do is changing, definitely. Yeah. Um, I just uh, want to yep. bring in a comment here from TikTok Studio. I think this is a first-time commenter. Uh, so thank you for leaving that comment. One of my fave I like about Shopify Customizer, so Shopify, okay, is that clients can be limited in their actions whilst being able to visually customize their site. Can we lock it down in FSE or is it completely open? You can definitely, definitely lock stuff down. Yeah, uh, in definitely. quite in quite a significant way, actually. Ne- nearly nearly any panel or option, uh, you can you can turn off. Uh, there's guides out there on that kind of thing. I don't know who's done the best ones. I know that Frank Klein did one. I'm sure there's probably something on FullSiteEditing.com, but googling around for locking down the block editor, and I'm sure I'm sure you'll I find saw. something. But it, yeah, it's very lockdownable. Yeah, I remember a post from Nick Diego. It might have been on the developer.org developer.wordpress.org slash news, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> All about locking stuff down. I think there's probably more to go there um, and, and more to do in terms of like helping you lock down stuff. And also Theme Jason helps you lock down stuff. You can yeah. you can turn things off in Theme Jason. Um, I can't think of an example. <laughs> well, just any of those layout controls, yeah. like the spacing controls, like margin and padding Correct. and stuff, you can, you can turn, turn those off. off and say yeah. you can't change the margin and padding. And you, I believe you can also say, um, for paragraphs, yes, but for images, no, I don't want any of those paddings and controls on there and things mm-hmm. like that. You can, it's, it is quite granular, which is good. It, it um, is. So have a look at that. And, and and the other thing I must say, I don't know whether this is related to Tim's question. I'm going to read it. Now. I haven't read it yet. But what resources did you use to learn while building your theme? You mentioned someone else's theme. So resources is a good point. So to answer the question, I, uh, I was engaged on Twitter with a lot of people who were helping me, which was good. Uh, really nice to see and really helpful. I used the theme handbook. I think it's the block theme handbook on 
whatever it is. Is it on make.wordpress.org? I don't know. Google it. It comes up. I it yeah. came up with the first yeah. one. And I have to say that is much, much improved since I've last used it. It, it was. Very it's very detailed and pretty impressive, actually. So that's a really good starting point. Um, I was working through the... I should find the link and we can put it in the description. But I was working through the the, ham, the theme JSON handbook bit, basically, that talks about the theme JSON. And I was working through all the different pieces of it and understanding how it works. Um, and then to answer your question, you mentioned someone else's theme. It was the powder theme from Brian Gardner, which is available on... It's actually on .org, on the themes repository. I downloaded that. And that was really just to sort of see what was in in the theme JSON of his theme. Mm. Um I particularly got stuck with this use root padding thing, and that helped me fix that. I know he had it set to true and then had some other padding rules just near it, and I was like, oh, I wonder what they do, and I copied those into mine, and then they, they did the change. It was a bit of a bit of old-school WordPress, you know, copy yeah. and paste, save, reload, and see what happens, which is quite nice. Um, so those <laughs> are the, the resources that I use, which is good. Um, I just want to give a little quick shout-out to Elliot. Um he says he's creating a video uh, for YouTube on creating a block theme ready for full site editing, both manually and with a plugin. So Elliot's been putting out quite a lot of uh, yeah good content recently. So definitely check out his stuff. Um, on that, there's a few other kind of resources. Um, we've gone we've gone for a long episode this week, um, but just a couple of things before we go that I think are kind of timely <clears throat> and relevant. There is a roadmap to WordPress 6.5 on the Make blog. Um, I will attempt to put the link in here as a banner. Let me just do that. Uh, add banner, go. Uh, yeah, you probably won't be able to kind of copy that URL. Just Google it uh, or we'll go put it in to- in the description at the end. Yeah, make.wordpress.org uh, and you can have a look at that. Some some kind of interesting stuff in there. The, the big one for me that people have to think have been waiting for is a font library, so a way to kind of manage custom fonts. Um, but there's other interesting stuff there around custom fields uh, is one as well, uh, which kind of piqued my interest. There's stuff around the interactivity API, which I still don't fully understand. But no, I don't um, Always good to keep an eye on what's coming down the road. Um, just also on kind of like resources and interesting things to watch. There have been two really good interviews recently uh, by a chap called Spencer Foreman, who I hadn't come across before, weirdly. Um, his YouTube channel is WP Launchify, all one word. Um, and he came to my attention because he interviewed Matt Mullenweg um two or three weeks ago and it was a really good frank interview it's the interview that i wish i'd i'd done with matt uh when i had that chance uh spencer kind of doesn't pull any punches um gives matt all the respect matt deserves but doesn't give him so much respect that he doesn't ask the questions that need to be asked um really really good worth i i thought it was worth a watch and then as a follow-up to that, he's also been quite critical of uh, Syed Balki, um, the kind of head of Awesome Motive around kind of their dodgy practices in the WordPress space. Uh, and he he then, Syed, has agreed to have a have a call, uh, a chat with Spencer. I think, I think they did the same thing with Matt. He has a private call first. They kind of get stuff out. And then they said, right, let's let's do that again in public. Um, 
So I've watched about, I don't know, the first 20 minutes of them with Syed. And again, Spencer's great. Like, he lets Syed say his things. And he's like, actually, I don't, you know, fully agree with you on that. I'm going to pull you up on this and that and the other thing. And he just, he puts the hard questions to them. He's really, really good. Great, great interviews. So I would, I would definitely check those out if you're interested in kind of the general leadership uh, in, in the WordPress space. Um, I think that's it for this week. Have you got anything else to say? Uh, no, we'll add, we'll find those links and we'll add them to the show notes. I've just written a few things down that we mentioned yeah. there. And we can put them in the description of the video, so you can click on those if you're listening as a podcast uh, rather than watching along with the uh, the captions and things. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing else from me. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Nice to be back um, and having a bit of a chat about WordPress. Um, as always, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and all that. It really helps us out, and we will see you. I'm not going to say next week. I'm going to say in the next episode. It should be next week, but you never know. Yeah. See you soon. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye.